0: Hello, my name's Heather, and this is my posh boyfriend, Max. Hello. And this is our podcast, Posh Things My Boyfriend Says.
1: So welcome, this is episode three, Woohoo! Uh, which follows up from episode two, all talking about Vimto. It turns out from our listeners, people do also, apart from you and your family, drink Vimto. Yeah. Who unbelievable. Knew? It wasn't just
0: our family floating <laughs> yeah. the uh, entire business. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Genuinely unbelievable from my perspective. <laughs> but that's good to know. Uh so it's another week in lockdown.
0: It is. Yeah. Is it week three in lockdown. Something
1: yeah, I think it's week mm. three. Or oh, yeah, something like that. Uh how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I'm actually mm. quite enjoying lockdown. That's quite good. Life. Isn't it? I mean, I can say that because I'm not a frontline worker and I haven't been furloughed and none of my family are currently poorly. So, you know, as far as... Happy days. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's it's been good. We're still allowed out. Managed to get myself sunburnt today. Classic.
1: Excellent. It's because they don't have sun in the north,
0: right? (laughs) That is absolutely true.
1: So you can't get away from this posh stuff. Just yesterday... We saw in the Times there was a reference to Posh stuff. That's a, that's the a, Times
0: bought specifically so that we could read the supplements and more importantly do the crossword. Which I
1: nailed. <laughs> with, what was the word, I'm sorry Anya? that you
0: nailed. Yeah, what was you would not have gotten burnt sienna. Like no, it's just this true. is a team effort.
1: <laughs> true, burnt Sienna good. But artfulness no, art artlessness, artlessness. Was, was particularly good. Bastard. Anyway. Um no, but Catelyn Moran or Moran, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Also we both thought it was Caitlyn until yeah. we looked it up. Caitlin Morin yes. wrote her um, normal bit at the start of the Times magazine. And she was describing like what you can do to cope in a, a house full of lots and lots of people and pets and things. And she was saying, of course, nature's sunlight can ruin the picture on a television. So by stringing bedsheets over chairs and trees, one can construct a delightful private viewing hut. Suddenly you have a cinema room like posh people and you're getting <laughs> fresh air. So I immediately saw that and highlighted that. But what I really loved about that as a reference, first of all, it goes back to what we've been talking about. So that posh people, so like having nice things and being posh is like very, very interwoven. Yes. It's sort of considered to to often be one and the same. Um, But also I read that at first and I was like, I don't have a cinema room. That's not I fair. think you're
0: a bit offended. <laughs> I wasn't
1: necessarily offended, but I was a bit taken aback <laughs> like, Oh, a cheap shot of posh people. And then I paused and I was like, oh, right, yeah, but... It is true, actually, that in my parents' building in London, there is literally an entire private cinema <laughs> that, that yeah. we've rented a couple of times. Yeah. Which, which I think you recorded as a tweet I was, once. I
0: was just about to say one of the things that I wrote down. Oh yeah, I need to book out my parents' cinema. It's classic.
1: I mean, so fair but play. Catlin Moran is almost certainly not listening to this, but if she is, fair play. You got me. I didn't even register um, at the time and I was <laughs> initially taken aback by your comment. But yeah. So- and I think,
0: I think the thing is, is that you wouldn't necessarily call it a cinema room. Lots of people call it a snug. Mm. Now, I think a snug is posh because it um, has within it the idea that you have one more than one living room. And two, that your other living room is too big to be cosy and therefore you need a smaller room in which to feel, you know, like a bit like a embryonic thing to be able to watch a film nicely.
1: Tell you what, we could do with a snug to record this in.
0: Yeah, I'd quite enjoy that. Actually.
1: The, <laughs> the snug thing, I think, like, well, we don't have a snug.
0: We do not have a snug.
1: No, I mean, like my family don't oh, have a right. snug. But we do have a sitting room and what we call a studio which is sort of, a, and it's not a small, cosy second sitting room. It's like a really, really big one with a skylight. And it does have a big TV in, but I wouldn't call it a cinema. Um, but yeah, that's in that's in one uh, one home. And then there's the other home that also has the separate cinema. But but there's, uh, you know, if I had a snug, I think that'd be a great thing to have. Uh, most people would want a snug, I would have thought.
0: Indeed. So, Lots of, lots of our friends have written in to take sides with one or t'other of us. Uh, <laughs> of that.
1: T'other. not <laughs> thing.
0: It is a thing. It is oh. absolutely a thing. Dropping yeah. the vowels. Very good. So lots of our friends have um, emailed in, whatsapped us with their own opinions about the dinner, supper, tea debate. But you were reading a book this week, weren't you, Max? Which I think settles the debate. And we wanted Absolutely to come. <laughs> we wanted to come back to this and uh, call this segment "Come Again."
1: Come again. Um... <laughs> I love new segments. So there's another big moment. Um, but yeah, this is a new segment recording. "Come Again," which is where we revisit discussions or points we've had in the past. And it might be that we've got correspondence on them, and that's you know brought us back to something. Or having talked about something on an episode. We come across some more material that, that we should probably have researched in advance. <laughs> so speaking of research though, I'm like I'm researching the north as part of this. This and, is
0: And why are you doing that, Max?
1: But because of my undying commitment, darling, to get to know you <laughs> better and understand your roots. Uh, this was a book that you were very keen on me reading, and to be fair, it's been excellent well, so far, I've not finished yet. This is called Pies and Prejudice. <laughs>
0: The best title of any book It is good.
1: Though I'm nearly halfway through and there's been not a single mention of Pies. So... Just
0: wait until you get to the section on Wigan.
1: Ah, I'm not there yet. Liverpool and Manchester have been done um, thoroughly. Two big chapters on them. Um, But yeah, Pies and Prejudice, In Search of the North by Stuart McConey. And this, sort of quite early on in the book, there was something that leapt off the pages for me and um, made me want to revisit... Or go come again, um, <laughs> in respect of our discussion about meal times. Mm-hmm. And this is a section. So he's visited a chippy in uh, Crew
0: Chip Shop. For those of you who don't, do you say chippy in the South?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You. That's do. just a British thing. I right? think so. Yeah, that's okay, pretty. Good. That's country nationwide. Um, so, so it says here. So, reading an extract, page thirty nine. Gordon Gecko in Wall Street sneered that lunch was for wimps, but it would have been more accurate to say that lunch is for Southerners. <laughs> so pause there. First of all, that's absolutely right, because when you did true. your rundown, yep. you just left out lunch. So within so I, I, far... Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you move on, mm. I did not leave out lunch. Lunch is called dinner.
1: Right, you are good.
0: a rubbish student. You're not listening.
1: <laughs> then it goes on. Up north, we have our dinner in the middle of the day and our tea at night. Okay, so very much lined with you. But then this next bit really hit home, and I thought it was worth (laughs) worth quoting. A little defiantly, my Scouse agent and I will still talk about going out for our tea, even if we're dining somewhere dreadfully she-she in the West End, which we don't do, obviously. And don't get me started on supper. A TV producer once invited me round for supper, and I was genuinely flummoxed. Supper means something very specific in the North. And I was rather bemused by the prospect of going round to her house in Chiswick at half ten in the night (laughs) in my dressing gown to have (laughs) digestive biscuits and cheese off my lap on the settee while watching the telly. (laughs) So if anyone uh, like me was still left a little unclear on what tea is supposed to be or what supper is understood to be in the North.
0: Yeah, Stuart McConey is the final word, I think, in, in this. Well And happily it backs up me being right. That, so
1: you do know what you're talking about. That that at least Shocking. is good. Shocking. <laughs> um,
0: I'm
1: gonna get a little bit serious. So excuse us. Hashtag real talk. Hashtag real talk. Um because in the UK there is this conception, this loose, woolly, slightly terrifying, rain soaked conception of the North. Yeah. That and that
0: the North is uh, not posh in the south is posh.
1: Yes, and also that the north is homogenous. That yes. it's just this sort of terrifying thing. I mean, th- there's lots of references in Stuart's book to woad, which I think is great, and that's like the old blue war paint. I think that like barbarians used to smear What's on that? themselves. Woad, woad, w-o-a-d. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of that.
0: Oh. Despite having <laughs> read that book, <laughs>
1: <laughs> just skip right over that bit. Um, but yeah, so th- this is a fascinating thing because. On the one hand, you've got people like Stuart, and I think like you, yeah, who are really pissed off with this conception of the sort of the North generally. But then he will sort of have a look at, uh, well, well, we'll look at that whole thing and say, I'm going in search of the North. Yeah, but what, I can't... what
0: does it mean to be the North?
1: Yeah, and I can't put put point to a book that says, here's what the South is all about. And I think that this is that's
0: because everything is about the south. Exactly like everything, and, and I'm I'm going to get on my soapbox.
1: Please, this is exactly I'm what to get on my soapbox. this is exactly what we talked about building up this episode. Um, and yeah, I think you have a big point or something to get off your chest. Certainly. I do
0: because, so on the one hand, I feel like the North is so maligned in so much of like public policy, and I have come across many, many, many snooty southerners who are very, very snooty about the North. Um, It's treated to be one thing, but then on the other hand, I'm equally guilty of like making northerners like this totally different entity from the South. Um, But I'll give you a good example of somebody I used to know at university who was a theater student. And whenever they were playing, a slightly stupid character they used to always go into a northern accent without fail would go into a northern accent and I pulled them up on it one day and I said why did you do that and they just did not like they they couldn't give a reason they were from Surrey as it happens, and that's just what they did when they played a bit if somebody a bit thick they'd put on a northern accent and I think I've definitely come across in my own career um I think I think I have softened my accent quite a lot having been in London for so long um and I think you're taken a little bit more seriously when you have just a very neutral British accent now it might be like a strong accents thing so if you've got a strong Essex accent I think people kind of suffer from the same um the same prejudice but the north is really interesting and it does make it does make you feel very other i guess growing up i always felt a very separate sense of identity of being Northern, of being from the North, and that the South was, like, full of fairies, basically, which is, you know, <laughs> very prejudicial in and of itself, of course.
1: A stereotype I don't play into whatsoever.
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> but it was perfectly illustrated recently. So at, at the last election, when was it, November, December? Mm, December. Um, There was this perfect BBC News headline because it just completely demonstrated everything that I'd ever talked about. And I sort of send a furious text to you going, this is exactly what I'm talking about. And the headline says, PM to visit the North after Labour Heartland gains. He's the prime minister of the entire country. Mm. And the fact that it was, you know, brought out that him visiting the North, having just won an election, is this, you know, reportable news item. And, I, you know, I get the fact that a lot of that was because the Northern Wall was broken down in the election. And, you know, a town where I lived in, Leigh, has been Labour since, I think, 1934, and that turned blue, which is, like, unbelievable. So I, I get it from that perspective, but that's not how it, how it was sort of um, summarised in the headline. It was all about making the North, like, another thing.
1: But I think that was really interesting because you texted me at the time, and that, how absurd that is, wouldn't have occurred to me unless you pointed it out. Because sort of that is just the usual um, mm. way that the news is presented. And going back to um, Pies and Prejudice book, one of the very earliest comments in it, I think it's in maybe the opening paragraph or something, is pointing out the fact that the BBC has a correspondent for the North. But doesn't have a correspondent for yeah, the south. Yeah, that's a really because, good point. Because you know yeah. that just doesn't—it's just not a thing.
0: Yeah, I I think it. You know, we've we've talked a bit about how the north is like quite culturally different, and I think that's one of th- the things that's really good about Stuart McConey's book is that he does, um, he's able to describe those sort of small things that make up a culture really well, um, and make. Sort of show how the history of the North makes it feel so different, but also it has real-world impacts on how people live their lives and the quality of life that they have now. Um, Yeah, and their opportunities. Absolutely, it's not this quaint sort of notion of oh, ha, 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 North v South. Isn't that all funny? You know, the South gets per capita. Much more investment than the North does. If you've ever been on a train from Liverpool to Manchester, you literally get rained on <laughs> on the, in the train.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's definitely right. But I think that the more interesting point, on like a day-to-day uh perspective, is as you were saying, if there's this general idea that if you're going to do impression of someone who's stupid you put on a northern accent or if you have a strong regional accent then it's harder to be taken seriously Mm. then that's just bonkers I mean you think of all of the unbelievably um talented and uh like successful people from the north North. (laughs) from places like Manchester and Liverpool when when, like Liverpool was the second city of the empire and Manchester Mm. was Cottonopolis, and you had people sort of you know driving the industrial revolution and changing the world from these places it's clear that sort of um, talent isn't going to exclusively be coming from the well-speaking south but all of these sort of weird pies and prejudice issues (laughs)
0: It does. Uh, it does come out, um, you know, to, to kind of spin it in a more positive way is that there is a sense of identity about where I'm where I'm from and being proud of the achievements of, you know, Manchester and Liverpool and the Northwest in general um, yeah. uh, In in a way that you've often said doesn't you can't can't really relate to because you don't have that same sense of identity.
1: I will say this, you do have this distinct Mancunian identity that can be a massive um, asset because it's really strong Mm. um, in a way that I think lots of other places don't and that's worth holding on to. But it does come up against all these problems that you can't really have that distinct identity while also breaking down your otherness from the rest of the country.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people I know wouldn't want to lose that sense of identity. They don't want to really be associated with London. It's it's this very foreign place to them. Before I moved here, my mum had been here once, I think, on a school trip.
1: Your brother in law's never been here.
0: My brother in law's never been to London. We
1: offered (laughs) we (laughs) offered him your sister and him to come and visit. And they just sort of yeah, just (laughs) their faces fell. They were so uninterested.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very they just have no interest in kind of Getting to know what London, well, fine, what enough. London has to has to offer, um, yeah. and that's because the North has so much, obviously.
1: Yeah, and I think that that can get overlooked. The North is, and still remains, even though I, um, you know, I'm going out with you and, and spend a bit more time up there, and know better. It's a scary place.
0: what do you mean it's a scary like
1: genuine if i get off the train in manchester i've never been to liverpool that thought terrifies me. i'm gonna take
0: you there next time we go Uh, go home
1: jesus but yeah like like getting off in manchester or when we um got the train up i recently i'm like i'm scared i think at any minute people are gonna like turn on you
0: because you're posh yeah no all you'll get is a gentle ribbing um about being southern um, which you have had on several occasions. So we had a, an excellent trip to visit um, our friends in Morley in Leeds and had a day out uh, on Morley High Street. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> Max, This is good. Max paid, <laughs> I think it was 13 pounds for a round of two pints and two double Hendrix and tonic <laughs> in a pub. And then we went to Morley Pool Hall
1: um, it's just the greatest place in the UK
0: <laughs> can you tell a story about so you, this you is playing this, this is
1: the second proudest moment of my entire life oh, second proudest. second what's the first the the first was and I've got eyewitnesses for this as well was on so last episode you mentioned that we go on these canal boat trips mm. and uh, I was doing a whole bunch of canal boat driving he spent a good few hours going, a couple of hours, whatever it was, um, going through a bunch of locks with this guy. And then he was about to speed off because we'd got through the lock section. But then just before he did, he said, yeah, fair enough, mate. I've been doing this for about eight years. And I've got to say, you're the best driver I've ever seen. <laughs> and that... Just for an audio description,
0: moment. Max on delivering that line then opened his arms up like he'd scored a goal at the World Cup.
1: <laughs> that felt better than scoring a goal at the World Cup. I <laughs> promise you that.
0: So, so t- tell us about the second. The second proudest, proudest moment. Moment of
1: my entire life was uh, in so in Morley in Leeds, definitively northern place, um, going to the local snooker hall, which. If I remember right, it's really weird. It's sort of in what feels like a disused office building. You go yeah, on, up a bunch floor. of yeah, you go up a bunch of staircases. <laughs> um and It's get- like
0: being in the office actually because the building has that very sort of slough 1970s yeah. sort of feel, feel to it. it
1: yeah absolutely and it's like one pound pints or whatever it is yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's certainly pretty cheap and anyway it's a great place a whole bunch of pool tables and uh, dart boards and we were playing a couple of games of pool and there were some guys playing darts near us and I was watching them because I quite like playing darts and this guy spotted me watching and so when we finished our game he wandered over and said like oh do you fancy a game of darts I thought oh, fine yeah I'll give it a go I am mean, played, and I beat him fair and square, double whatever it was, check out, but got the, the legit double point um, check out. And then he turns to me and says, "That like, well done, that was a good game. What league do you play in? Which was amazing <laughs> for me, because I've never even you know played any kind of competitive picture so that blew my mind yeah um and I said oh right no no I don't play in any leagues I just played a lot with my brother growing up and his response to that was oh was that in the west wing or the east wing of your house
0: <laughs> no it was in the studio <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah well <laughs> ah the aforementioned studio <laughs> um uh-huh. yeah so that really high I like, be. beat you have to admit beating a random northern bloke at darts on his home turf. I can That's see. Pretty good. I can see I was the appeal. bursting with pride. That made that trip. You were.
0: You wouldn't shut up about it all evening nope. as well, especially because we were a few pints down. Yeah, exactly.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, what a moment. Um, so anyway, uh, I
0: can't remember how we um, how we got, got onto, onto that. that. No, to that subject.
1: Um, just to say, you know, the north, the south, they're very different but similar places. Uh, I was complaining a little bit about how I'm still quite scared of the prospects of going to large parts of the north the north is still this slightly sc- scary place mm. to me because it is quite unfamiliar and um it's sufficiently different that you don't feel comfortable and at home there if you are me
0: interesting yeah. well i can safely say darling i've been sent to you as an ambassador of the north to make you feel more at home oh thanks <laughs>
1: Now it's time for my favourite part of the podcast. It's time for some more Correspondence. Correspondence. This week we've had some more messages in from listeners and Heather, you've been having a look and have queued up one. I've not even seen or heard this yet. You have not. Uh, but no. l- let us know, What's, what have we been getting? What's the Correspondence?
0: So we have uh, a message from our dear listener, Faye. Hello, Faye. Thanks, Faye. Thanks, Faye. Uh, She asks, what is the poshest word you use? And when you say it, you feel super smug. She then says, mine, as an example, is betwixt. That makes me feel fancy (laughs) smanshy. Thanks,
1: Faye. Uh, Okay, I I do think I know... Uh, but I've got a couple of these probably so at work I think most most office places have this concept of whether or not somebody has capacity so they have like you know enough time to start working on stuff but um I remember a while back (laughs) a while ago a while back I um began declaring or asking people whether or not they were capacious
0: (laughs) 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 that's how you describe our Tupperware (laughs)
1: But it's, it's you know, it's correct. It's grammatically correct if you have capacity that you are capacious. Um, but that always, like, throws people off a little bit. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Um, so that, I think, that's immediately what springs to mind as my, one of the poshest things i say.
0: My favourite one that you use is when you call my face creams and my routine before mm, bed ablutions. going to do my ablutions. Yeah,
1: that is a good one. I had I to Google like that. that. <laughs> that's good too. Um, I did feel uh, a bit um, I felt yeah very posh the other day because to be fair this th- this meal choice was determined for us but I remember announcing to a whole work conference call that I was about to tuck into some duck a l'orange <laughs> <laughs> that I just made.
0: And we were having a glass of port with dinner. Uh, a as glass well. <laughs> of port with
1: it—that's kind of the problem, I think, with my accent. Most things that you say can sound pretty posh, yeah. but but most—I—I I acknowledge that most normal people wouldn't say that they are um, capacious or ask whether somebody else is capacious or, uh, or or refer to ablutions and things like that.
0: I think uh, it's less about a posh thing, and it's it's more. Um, both of us are probably a bit guilty of being kind of know-it-alls and highfalutin, and so I think we like we both you and I like to show off our vocabulary uh, on occasion. My my word to answer this question, I think, is esoteric.
1: Mm, that's nice.
0: I also think it's just a lovely word to say, but I do feel like a bit of a twat when I say it because it's. Um, uh what's the word like self <laughs> here's my fantastic vocabulary on display uh, <laughs> it's, self-fulfilling. it's well it's self-fulfilling actually mm-hmm. um actually actually
1: uh well yeah another one of my favorite obviously I don't use this very often if at all but the word putrefaction
0: Ooh, oh, what does word. that mean?
1: uh, it means like decaying basically Put- putrefaction is like the process of something rotting Ooh, that's lovely. That's very nice. Uh, and petrichor is a petrichor great word as well. The word. smell of rain on dry ground. Yes. Oof, I
0: thought good. it was the smell of the earth after rain. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, a good one for any uh, vocab nerds is to follow Susie Dent on Twitter, who is the dictionary lady from Dictionary Corner in Countdown. Mm. And she had a great one the other day which was apricity which means the warmth of the sun on a cold day i think
1: Oof. or wasn't it like yeah the, yeah apricity it, yeah in like springtime sun yeah it's, sort of what it it's beautiful should we just change this podcast to one where we yeah, just please. look up and say nice words <laughs> please. and sort of chew over them? Excellent. I think yeah.
0: Faye nailed it with betwixt though.
1: Betwixt is good. Yeah. It's a great one. I uh, quite like that. It's quite poetic. Well done, That's Faye. Nice. We love yeah. you for
0: that. Faye also sent in another question, which we shall, um, I think, save for... Uh, next week, but yeah, we can't you...
1: inundate ourselves with correspondence. Absolutely, but
0: you can. Yeah, so you, you can, can write to us. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful segue!
1: Oh, perfect. Where can people write to us, Heather?
0: They can write to us um, on Instagram or Twitter, uh, both of which are fully up and running now. We're not at um, locked out of our account, so you can tweet us or Instagram us at at posh
1: very good. Or you can email us at the classic Gmail account of poshthingsmyboyfriendsays at gmail.com uh, So hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or uh, on email, or if you have our phone numbers, text us. But If we, <laughs> if we don't know you, we're not giving you our phone numbers, so uh, stick to the socials. Lots more messages, always welcome. All kinds of correspondence would be great. Um, any Uh, dilemmas to do with dating across the social divide. We've not had so much of that yet, have we? Not so much, but we're still holding out hope. Out there somewhere is somebody dating somebody, like an old Herovian or something for the first time. They don't know what's going on and he keeps talking about sports and customs and things that she does can we understand. add it to your
0: old boys network newsletter or something <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: <laughs> guys send, send us your questions here but yeah send it all in it's all good stuff uh, we'd love to hear from you
0: cue jingle hello and this is our podcast things my boyfriend says I've done it again <laughs> you've had a bit too much support. too much fake sangria <laughs>